0: All right, are you ready? i All right, here we go. Oh,
1: it's a It's another episode of the Rookie on the
0: Rise. And ladies and gentlemen, I've brought to you someone that none of you know. But I've known for apparently 25 years, according to my esteemed brother. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I have brought to you my trusty sidekick young man has been doing a structural engineer by the day and fantasy football all by day. He does share my enthusiasm for sports. So, Cody, how the fuck are you, man?
1: Uh, well, doing pretty good, dude. It's like, what, it's almost 8 o'clock and it's still sunny outside and the sky is blue, so... In Seattle, can't complain.
0: Yeah, no, it's very fair, and I don't think we're gonna get much complaining either way. So, as always with my guests, I ask a question of the show, and since I know you, that means I get to torment you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, what is your favorite childhood memory?
1: Um, this was funny because, like, I can go literally like a myriad of different directions, um, but we're talking about football, so I figured I might bring up you know more on brand stuff where it's like. We used to have like these dinner parties with all our friends, and we would like all the guys would get together. We put, like knee football in a hallway upstairs. <laughs> well, in on one particular evening at our house, we were probably like two years past the time we should have been doing this, and we've been playing for five minutes. And Britt gets the ball. Britt's <laughs> kneeing his way up the field, and he gets like tackled sideways, and he like dents a vent. Everybody stops and goes, "Shoot!" like. Are we fucked? Or we can do that now. Right? Whatever. And then, and then someone else tackles you through the door like 30 <laughs> seconds later. And I shoot. Oh, my God. My dad came upstairs, and we all just shit ourselves. And um, hands down, one of my favorite memories from growing up. And it's about football. So. Yeah, that
0: was a memory I'm never going to forget. So now that we have the very fun memories out of the way, what – Is your rookie process when you're evaluating rookies? What are you looking for? What are you trying to really key into that's going to help you kind of find the right rookie for where you want?
1: Yeah, you know, I guess, um, you know, politics is taboo, but it kind of comes from the same thing I do there. Which I don't really have the time to, like, listen to, like, every press conference and in, in terms of football, like, dive in all the data and, and watch all the film that's what I pay for people's patrons to do so what I like to do is I like to get a nice wide range of like sources if you will you know I try to find a few people from the analytics community that I really like and a few people from like the film community I really like and um, kind of just use them to, to 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 parse through the data and in, in all the hours of film and then kind of create my database that way and then if I do it right, and I get a wide range of opinions, then I can form my own without being pigeonholed one way or the other. Um, so that's all I like to do. You know, I, I like to think it's an informed approach. I mean, at least at that point, and then I have like a, a better, more refined data set to start off of. You know, so I can go and watch like YouTube highlight films to see what they look like on their best plays, or hop on, I guess, name drop player profiler and just like see what their measurables look like. So. That's about it. I mean, I haven't been doing this long, so I have a good amount of success, you know, finding the outliers where I can and avoiding the big landmines, which is like, you know, obviously the main goal here.
0: Yeah, and I think. I know what, what you're hearing, audience, is that what he's telling you is just listen here. That's what he's trying to say is come listen to me because we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I
1: missed my opportunity to name drop the actual show I'm on. Rookie on
0: the Rise. <laughs> Don't miss it, people. <laughs> I'm just messing around. No, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's true, though, right? We We got to know how to stay in pocket, and it's important to recognize when we need help, which is kind of what we're trying to do here. So today we're going to bring you our personal kind of – tiers, so to speak, for single quarterback leagues. We're going to do this with a couple of different scoring formats. You know, there's not a lot of time really to talk about players anymore because they have landing spots, and so we'll break down specific players moving forward. But what I really want to do is I want to get into what we're all dealing with right now, which is rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. And we're about to start our rookie draft together on Thursday, so this is going to drop Wednesday. So we'll have, you know, actually put this into reality on uh, the a day after which is partially why i brought him on here people because i fucking trapped him yeah yeah so, dude
1: <laughs> fuck you like now you just gotta know exactly how i'm gonna play my i'm just i'm showing you my hand of course no one in the league's gonna like listen to podcasts
0: no nobody knows we do this it's you suck okay. i love it i love it yeah, so dude. we I've, I've broke i've broken down the entire draft into what i'm gonna call zones so i had the blues the blue chip zone the value zone the flex zone <laughs> Or the flyer zone and then the trade zone, right? So the blue chip zone, as it sounds, is just the players that you aren't going to pass on. Because ultimately what it comes down to is, am I going to take this pick? Am I going to trade back? Am I going to make the pick? Or am I going to trade it for a veteran? So these are the players that we're not trading and we're just keeping. So who are those players for you? This is funny because like, um, when I was filling out the show sheet, I, d- I didn't really like
1: get... The, the nitty-gritty into what these little tiers were. So I'm going to kind of make this answer up as I go. But, you know, as, as I wrote and um, as I'm saying, for me, starts with Najee at 101. He's been my guy for a while. Um, and then it really just goes Jamar Chase and Javante Williams. You know, I think those are three guys that, um, with positional scarcity and, you know, all the above or whatnot, those are the guys you just like, if you have a chance to get them, get them, they'll be difference makers for more than just a couple of years. Um, But a notable name off the list, which I'm sure everybody's thinking about here, is Kyle Pitts. And, yeah, for sure, he's a great player, and he's obviously a unicorn. You can't deny that. But, like, if you're taking him in the first four picks of a rookie draft, for him to be anything less than Darren Waller out the gate, you're losing value as soon as you make that pick. You can't accrue value on that selection. And so, especially in a single quarterback league, like, I'm okay if someone wants to, like, come and, like, grossly overpay for him. I want, you know, if you want to give me some draft picks in later years and a couple – or, like, you know, a pick in the, still the top seven or whatnot, then I'm easily moving on without him. But, you know, like I said, if I can get Javante, Jamar Chase, or Najee Harris, I don't care what you throw at me. I'm taking those guys.
0: So what I'm hearing you say is is you're not going to trade any picks that you have between one and three.
1: Yeah, no, if I have one and three, you know, I'm, I'm I mean, obviously you can't just like say, n- if someone's going to give me their whole team, yeah, okay, I'm going to listen to you. But yeah, one through three, I'm standing pat.
0: Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair. I think for me, I, my tier, like my blue chip tier is five, right? So you got the three running backs. I think I like ETN. I, I actually, I do like ETN the most out of all of them. That's a pod for a different day. And then you got to put Jamar Chase in there. And then Kyle Pitts, just, there's no better landing spot on the draft than Atlanta. So if he is going to have that glow-up, so to speak, it's going to be Atlanta. And then you know I, I don't have an issue spending number five on a player that I need to wait for a year or two. I don't think I'd take Pitts before Chase or anyone else. But I'm just thinking if I can take him and then you're not going to get him next year, even if he doesn't do well because people right. are still going to want to sit with him. So he's got to explode spectacularly for two years, and even then, are you still going to want to invest the capital needed to get him? So if I got a top five pick and I'm a solid at running back and wide receiver, or even if I'm a little iffy at wide receiver, you can always trade for veteran wide receivers later. I'm gonna go with Pitts personally. That's just kind of where I'm where I'm leaning right now. Can I push back a
1: little bit there? Please
0: do. Um, because. Like, traditionally, tight ends, obviously, they take
1: some time to to hit whatnot, and with Julio there, yeah, they might be trading him, but you can't make a pick on a potential trade. But, like, in two years' time, Matt Ryan probably will be gone because he doesn't cost them $40 million a year. I don't know what they're doing at, like, quarterback. They're not really addressing the defense too much or the running back position. So, like, sure, they might address it later, but, like, what if in those two years Matt Ryan's gone, they got... I don't know, like an Andy Dalton light playing quarterback. It just, I don't know. I'm if, worried about, I'm worried about what that franchise is going to be like in two years. And I just, I don't know, man. I, that's
0: fair. That scares
1: me enough to like move off of that
0: pick. That's fair. But in two years, Julio Jones is also going to be gone. And in right. 2022, you know, I, we're just going to project a little bit here. There's a couple of blue chip wide receivers, but there's no wide receivers currently projecting to have the talent of Calvin Ridley or, or Julio Jones, the Falcons will be able to grab. Like they're they're not going to be a bottom ten team, a bottom ten pick team this year or twenty twenty two draft. For so sure. I think that you know, like there's two players that come to mind, Traylon Burks and David Bell, that are top upper echelon wide receivers, and I think they'll both go probably top fifteen. So I I think that the Falcons defense is so bad. That they're once again gonna lead the league in passing attempts. Mm. And you don't spend the fourth pick overall to have him in line blocking. So, you know, we'll have Pit or you'll have Pitts in the slot, which he played a lot of in at Florida. Mm-hmm. And you got Julio for as long as he's healthy, and then Ridley, and when Julio inadvertently gets injured, which he always does, then you're just gonna slot Pitts outside for a lot too. I I, I first see sure. the Jimmy Ground Jimmy Cram type of Issue where he's going to get his contract, and they're going to try to diff- they're going to have struggle defining him. Is he a wide receiver? Is he actually a tight end?
1: Yeah, I agree. I guess I guess my take isn't that they're not going to use the heck out of him, which they are. Um, but it's who's going to be throwing him the football. Like Jimmy Graham was great, right? Because he had Sean Payton as, as his head coach, and they also had Drew Brees tossing the pigskin. Or he had Russell Wilson, and then Aaron Rodgers, which apparently didn't go very well. But point being is that like. I'm worried about, like, the offense. Like They're, they're going to be a terrible defense, and they might not have opportunities, but, like, if the quarterback isn't that great and they still have this, like, journeyman approach at running back, I'm worried about, like, what his looks would look like, like, even if he's the number one. Because he'll, he'll be the number one over Ridley. Yeah. Like, I'm okay saying – like, I know that. It's more just uh, – It's
0: not very hot to say. I think most people will agree with that moving forward. Yeah. Or they should. I think that's, that's a fair concern, right? But, I mean – we're, we're, we're parsing hairs here, right? Like Sure, sure. <laughs> we we both agree that Pitts is definitely probably top five. You're just kind of willing to maybe trade a pick if it's Pitts or a pick, maybe trade back or something. Right. right.
1: Well, and that also goes because I like – there's a tight end I really like later, Yeah. you know, and I, I guess know. that kind of moves us into that value zone, right? Like my, my biggest thing with these single quarterback drafts is this thing I was kind of introduced mm-hmm. to this year is that like – you know, we always think late round quarterback win. JJ recent like for the win, right? Well, now the community is getting smart enough where like everybody wants to do late round quarterback. Maybe quarterbacks are values again. I mean, last year we had Joe Burrow go two hundred one in our league, and then we had Justin Herbert go at like three eleven.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: Like I, I really think that right now in this in this draft we saw what four four or five guys go in the top fifteen picks. Five, five quarterbacks guys go top fifteen. Yeah, five quarterbacks in the top fifteen picks. Like. These guys are going to be starters, and so I think the value zone of this year's, like, rookie drafts and quarterback leagues is, like, I thought was mid to late second. I think it's early to late second now. Yeah. But wherever that pod of, you know, your Kadarius Tonys and Amari Rodgers are going, screw that, take a quarterback. Go take Trey Lance. Go yeah. take Dustin Fields. Yeah. Hell, go take Matt Jones. Like, they're all going to be good, solid quarterbacks for a long time for you, and that matters in Dynasty. Yeah. And, and especially when I think the second round is full of just, like, landmines at positional players. Mm-hmm. I love that mid to – like, I want it to be mid to late second because that's what I'm trying to trade back into. But it's probably going to get pushed up because landing spots are so awful. Yeah. Um. But my point is my value zone is really that mid to late second. And then say, you know, say quarterbacks go early. Okay, well, then, like, if an Elijah Moore, like, slips back to the mid, take him. Michael Carter, sure. go take him. Or if all else fails, my man is Pat Fryermuth. I've loved Pat Fryermuth since like I heard his name mumbled on Ray GQ's The Destination Debbie Show like months ago. I thought he's a great value because what everybody wants, Kyle Pitts. You know they're not looking at Fryermuth that much, and I think he is going to be the guy that you're going to walk away from. That like when you make that pick this year in these rookie drafts, it's going to be worth so much more next year.
0: Yeah, I I wrote an article on Pat Fryermuth for Breakout Finder five months ago, I think. It was shortly after he injured himself in Penn State. My whole thing was like, listen, he's got the profile. He broke out his freshman year, I believe. He has the weight. He has the size. He's gonna get first round draft capital. He, he didn't. Uh, he wasn't necessarily close. I think had he been able to test, he would have. Mm-hmm. But so like, because the article outlined, if you were drafted round one the NFL draft, your like your chance of breaking out in the first your first year is like twenty percent. But your chance of breaking out, which is just breaching the top twelve for tight ends, which isn't hard, but still <laughs> return back, have a heartbeat. Like, yeah, it's like it's like forty percent. So like you're you're gonna get return that second year from a wide receiver. So like T.J. Hawkins a Noah Fan, like they gave you that return mm-hmm. their second year because they were drafted in the first round. Him drafted in the second round kind of sucks just from that standpoint. But you know he's behind Ebron and he's on a team that doesn't necessarily have an offensive identity other than we want to win, and we have a lot of really good guys. Well, it's
1: good that they want to win.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Unlike the fucking Broncos, apparently. Oh, jeez. The the Steelers want to win. Like They're like, we don't really give a shit how we win. We used to like running the ball. We kind of like throwing the ball now. But, like, honestly, whatever helps noodle on Ben make it work, we're going to make it work. Like That's what we want. So, for me, you know, a lot of people are going to be trading into that back half of the first, mm-hmm. which I kind of view as. So I I I tiered out my stuff, and, and Jarrett, or Garrett Juvenna he wrote this beautiful article on fantasy football fair. I'm going to pump up for the rest of my fucking life, and it, it broke down mm-hmm. the positional value in a super flex based on the picks. Right, so picks one through six is their three year hit rate is almost fifty percent. A, which is a top 24 running back – or top 24 year f- from a running back a year, like for three years. Oh, gotcha. And for wide receiver, which is the top 15, I believe, it was like 20%. And quarterback was like kind of closer to 40%. Wow. Right. So like in the t- 1 through 6 in Superflex, you want to go quarterback and running back. And mm. then 7 through 12, you want to go uh, running back and wide receiver. And mm. I'm, the reason I'm sp- – bring this up is in one quarterback it's kind of different. In the first six, you want to go running back. Like yeah. that's really what you want. Once you've exhausted running back, then you start sniping those blue tears. This may be the only class where if you're like I have Jamar Chase one on one, I'm not gonna want to punch you in your face. Like that's fair. <laughs> I respect that. I'm considering it myself. I got 102. And I'm thinking, does it make sense for me to make that jump and then just take whoever follows me at 104? Probably. Right. And, but at the back end of the first half, you're going to have to make decisions like Rashard Bateman, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Rondale Moore. Like That's six people that are going to be there. And then you're also going to have Trey Sermon jump in there because he landed in, as a 49er. He is Keyshawn Vaughn.
1: Ooh, and yes, I really hope so. Yes, <laughs> I really
0: hope so. We, we, we are going to bring this up. Last year in my rookie draft... <laughs> I was really hyped on Keyshawn Bond, and I had a fuckload of picks as I always do. Bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I always draft in front of Cody because I know he likes my people, so I make moves specifically to spite him. Except this time where Bitch. I fucked up because I I took Keyshawn Bond, and please don't stop listening after you uh, hear this. I took him over C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. So Cody's got C.D. Lamb. And I've got Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, it's, and, it's fun. And, and to be fair, you know, you picked at... That was... You took
1: Vaughn at seven. I was, I took Lamb at eight. And then, who'd you get at nine? I got Justin Jefferson at nine. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the way I look at it is that, like, if you would have taken CeeDee Lamb, I would have taken JJ, and I would have been just as happy, too. You know? Yeah. So, it's actually a win-win. So you can't get too sad about it. It was,
0: it was a day... It was... The dr- Monday after the draft, too, so everyone was all hyped and ridiculous, as was I on Keyshawn. I'm like, we got six starting running backs, fuck yeah, but who gives a shit? That's last year's draft. My thing is, is that there's going to be so much commotion and like, position jockeying in the first, on the back end of the first. I think there's a lot of value in the beginning of the second, kind of like what you're talking about. Really? You're going to have some people fall, you're going to have some players, like, Seth Williams, or not Seth Williams, Nico Collins' fall. You're going to have Amari Rogers' fall. You're going to have probably Terrace Marshall Jr. fall. Mm. People are going to hate Elijah Moore or Rondale Moore, whichever one. So they're going to fall because you're also going to see Trevor Lawrence get pushed into or into the back end of the first, which mm. is a good pick. That makes sense, yeah. And probably Trey Lance. He probably deserves to go around the 110, 112. That's a good point. So yeah. you're, going to have, you're going to be able to completely skip out on that second-tier wide receiver conundrum by getting into like the 201, 203 area, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna take the best wide receiver left. And it, it's just it it makes sense because people are going to, if you have like that late first, if you're able to trade back, get yourself a 201 or 202 and a 2022 first, moving from seven, moving uh, what's that, five picks back and getting a first? Like that's a that's a winning move for your dynasty team moving
1: forward. Shoot, man. If someone's willing you to offer like uh, if someone's willing to offer you that trade,
0: I have a bridge to sell them in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> okay. People people, are, people get ridiculous during drafts because they see these these names and they're like, oh my god, I want all of these players. That's You're true. fucking Awesome. Yeah. It's a shiny new toy syndrome. Do you? We've talked about kind of the values. Mm-hmm. When when in every draft you kind of have that that flyer zone. Right. Like that zone where you're where you're like, "Okay, I can either kick this kick this uh this kick the can. Can, kick the can down the road." Yeah. And go for next year, which is what Addison said he would suggest doing. Okay. Or you can just take a spot in a flyer. So like you have guys that you're willing to take flyers on over just getting another pick in next year. Um I don't know, man.
1: I I feel like I to me personally, I feel like once we get past like I me mean, it was fire meets, right? once we get past him and we move back into like i guess now like the early third round the fourth round i don't see like it's to me it's a flat tier of you're kind of dumpster diving so the hard part is is no one really values anything like later than a third round pick as anything so if you're at that point like you want to get a third round in 2022 maybe i don't think that's gonna work so i would rather you know you know take take a shot on like a Jalen darden you know like, I, I want guys that um, – I think J.J. Zacharyson says the it best. It's like, I want you to have, like, some elite traits, some something in your profile to really get excited about. You know, maybe it's not great, but then take a shot on him. That, that's where Nico Collins should have been before he got drafted in the damn third round. Which, which I freaking know. enjoy so much. I mean, sure. Okay, what if Donovan, if Donovan People jones got drafted in the third round last year? It would have been the same thing, right? So, yeah, draft capital means something, but, like, they're kind of the same player. And no. so it's just – yeah, man, like, the, the, they're I not mean, at all for landing spot, though. I mean, sure, but, well, like,
0: uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going up against Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham who Jr. Who aren't going to
1: be there that
0: long. Right, I recognize that, but Nico Collins is going up against a bunch of cold bodies and Brandon Cooks.
1: And who's throwing the
0: football? Okay,
1: David like, Mills? That's,
0: no, right, I, I recognize that. Davis- like, Mills no one's game. expecting him to come into the NFL draft, and, or the NFL and beat this God, but worst case scenario... He has Davis Mills throwing him the football for a year, and then he's going to have his cho- the franchise's choice of Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell. Mm. Best yeah. case, because they're not getting a top – they're, they're going to be bottom five. Yeah, but do they even have a first next year? They do. Did they, they trade, trade it? Or, no, they do. I oh. me, me and I, I said the exact same Laura thing. Lord I, I say this every time I talk about Nico, and I'm sure the audience is rolling their eyes right now, but like <laughs> they have a first, and they're going to be a bottom three pick, which means he's going to get another great quarterback. He goes to the Good quarterbacks. Best case scenario, he gets half a season and a career with Deshaun Watson. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, Nico's got a lot of things he needs to grow on, but, like, that's a guy I'm going to take a flyer on. Javion Hawkins, another guy I'm going to take a flyer on. For sure. But I think what's important here is that this is kind of my trade zone, the third round. Because everyone jockeys into the third round, they're like... I kind of like Jared Oaks out of on the sixth round of Miami. Maybe I should go into three hundred one or Matt Jones going to fall there or Zach Wilson because no one's going to like Zach Wilson in a one quarterback league because they, they don't him. need to, right? Because yeah. you have the ability to fade him because he's so scary, right? So you are going to have these players pushing him down. You know the Chubba Hubbard's, the Kenny Gainwells, the Jamar Jeffersons, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell's, That's and so I am going to take like that that, that three hundred one to three hundred eight. I'm going to trade that for another third in the next year and a fourth that draft, you know, just jockeying for more capital. Mm. And then I'm just going to take, you know, once Nico and Amari Rogers are gone, I don't want pretty much any player. And I'm willing to kick the can for 12, 15 picks. So I'm going to kick the can for 12, 15 picks and reload because ultimately what those thirds do is they give you the ability to push a trade over the edge when the owner's like man it's so close i just i need a little something else You're like oh hey i got an extra 2022 20, third that's just burning a hole in my pocket please take it because i'm not gonna pick with it anyways smart no
1: it's uh that's that's something that separates you and me as a fantasy player you know um like draft picks are currency like i think it came into my mind you said burning a hole in your pocket but it's really pocket change and, and that, okay, yeah, I, I would get on board with this because, like I was telling you, it's a flat tier once you get into that third round. Third to fourth round, I mean, like, take whoever you want. I love Jamar Jefferson. He got drafted in the dang seventh round, so obviously I missed something there. But, like, I would still take him in the fourth. Point being, though, is I always think that people are smarter than they are. So, like, who would who in the right mind would want a third-round pick? But if you know your league and you know, I guess, like, the uh, – each league is its own mini market. So if you know the people in your market and they're actually like willing to like buy those things, then yeah, by all means trade back. You know, trade back and get some capital to help you trade. You know, to sweeten up an offer for a good player. Um, but I guess real quick to answer your question, some players I would be looking at like a Ramondre Stevenson in a third round I think is great because they're going to lose Sony Michelle going into next year. Bill Belichick loves his Lagarre archetype. He can score 15 touchdowns one year, and all you need with these later-round players is one year where they blow up, and then you sell them for something a lot better than they are. Yeah,
0: if Armandre yeah. if, if Stevenson's running over three yards, I'm going I'm to I'm be really worried. But, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine, though, because what, not, what if those two-and-a-half right. yards are pl- plunging it into the end zone? <laughs> yeah, well, right,
1: Max Jones that's, that's is not going to be running no. touchdowns anymore. That's where
0: I want him. I want him from the... Three to goal line. I probably want to see him get 80% and of the And that's serious. okay. That like, that's got value.
1: I get that it. That happens Scott 15 value. times. I like it. Um, so, yeah. So, circling back here, um, some names that I like, you know, like, I didn't like Des Fitzpatrick that much, you know, going into this whole process. I don't think many people did. But he got drafted to a potential wide receiver three, wide receiver two chair, and a team that doesn't, like, throw the ball that much. But, like, what if it works out? So, yeah. I'll take a shot on him, you know? Um, Anthony Schwartz, you no thank you. Tylen Wallace, like loved them a lot. I just I don't want to talk about it. But oh, I'll like, talk about it. Well, okay, but one last thing is that like like a running back I do like is I do like Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Jermichael Hasty was relevant last year. People get hurt a lot in, in the in the Kyle Shanahan scheme, you know. Like, Jeff Wilson was relevant last year. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. As long as you can play, you're going to do great. And I think that Elijah Mitchell is the cream that would rise to the top in that backfield. So he's someone that I would actually like in that spot.
0: Yeah, Elijah Mitchell is one of the names that is going to get hyped up a lot alongside Jared Dokes. Just because there's a lot of equivalences that are false equivalences that people are going to make. For for Dokes, it's... Fast guy, big size on a in a running back room that lacks size primarily, and on an, also a running back room that's shown the ability to be successful with not a high draft capital. Right, right. Gaskins, seventh round, Ahmed, undrafted free agent. Go dogs! Yeah, go dogs! Right, absolutely represent. Yeah, and bend. and for France, San Francisco, you already mentioned it. Except it is true because their system allows you. With a pulse and speed to be successful, right? <laughs> yeah. like, I could be successful along San Francisco, and I am not the athlete that they are. You know, it's just it's it's just simply what they are. I think, you know, the the trade zone it truly is after pick five for me. That is my mm. trade zone. It's just really finding out where I want to attack the drafts, like what parts of the draft I want to. Try. I want one through five. I probably want to get in between picks 8 to 10, uh, 12 to 14. And then after 12 and 14, I'm happy kicking the can down the road to about pick 17. After 17, then I'm fine just kind of taking those late thirds and trading into and getting more capital to to trade during the season. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess it sounds like you want the places I want to get out of. Yeah, you know, because I like I traded up to the 109. I have 106 and 109, and um, I guess the way I see it is there are when I made that trade there were enough wide receivers that I liked that I didn't really care who I got between like Paris Marshall Jr. and Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle and and Rashad Bateman. Um, You know, I know you're gonna take Pitts early. I know someone's gonna take Pitts early. I know Chase is gonna go. Three running backs are gonna go. But that gives me one of those guys at nine. I'm cool with that. After that point happens. Major fall-off. And so, yeah, so once you get to, like, 10 to, I guess, 14 is how I had it, like, I'm fine moving because Amon Ra got terrible draft capital. Tylen Wallace fell off a cliff with his knee, unfortunately. You know, like, do you want to take a Maureen Rogers or Kadarius Toney? I don't. Um, I'll let someone else go and take Trey Herman, right? So that, I think, is a great place where, like, a first-round pick has this whole esteem and echelon to it. So, yeah, like, let someone else come up there. And I feel like that's the only place where, like, because I'm not the player like you are where I can take all those thirds and do something with them. I know that. So I don't have the time, to be honest. So I, this is still an area where when I trade it, I can still get something of value for it. You know, you can you can get, you know, that mid to late second, that value tier I like, and then go get like a, not anymore, but like the Sterling Shepard before the draft was the perfect guy. You know, yeah. a good veteran depth piece because people are going to get hurt. You need depth because you need
0: starters during the year. So yeah, I think – yeah. You know, I, uh, Tyler Boyd, is that he's going to be that guy this year. It's going to be Tyler Boyd because he's going to be discounted because Higgins and Chase are there and people are going to say, well, Boyd's not going to have anything. And, I mean, he's not going to have the value he once had come before the draft, mm-hmm. but he's still going to be valuable, especially in PPR leagues. So what we're essentially, sounds like we're talking about, is we want to get – We're going to do whatever we can to get in the top three to five picks. We'll do whatever we need to do at all costs, even if it means selling your entire draft class, which I personally don't mind. If I have to sell picks one through four, and they're like one, ten, two, ten, three, ten, four, ten, to get into like pick five, I'm going to do that. So I I actually, uh, not to
1: totally butt in here again for the 100th time, but um, a little breaking news for you is I've been trying to acquire the one-on-one in this draft for, I think, two and a half, three months now. I swear to God. No, I shit you not. I have been trying so hard. And then, guys, get this stuff. So, Britt, like you said, loves draft capital. He has more picks than I think – I don't even – there's no good analogies. I mean, this dude has, like, literally every pick in every goddamn draft. He had – he got, like, three three or four first-round picks in the top six last year. Like, this dude's insane. So – I have a play. I have a, a plan to get 101. It's the guy in the draft. The guy that has a 101, I love him to death. Um, he's not gonna bleed me dry and I work with him. I was gonna give him like Sam Donald and my 106 and my 206. And I was gonna get the one-on-one, which I think is like I think it's a pretty fair deal. Um, I try not to like, you know, like really take advantage of anybody because like you want long lasting trade partnerships. But it's a shit deal. Long story short, shut up, I know, but whatever. Um Troy, I love you. Turn this off if you're listening. Um, later that week, Britt trades the 107 and the 109 for the 104. And I'm like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> no, no. So, so I go. So, I, so I, 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 The same me. thing I say, hey, the same day I see you go through, I send my trade offer out. We've been talking about I'm sending it like, fucking. please accept this before you see it. And, <laughs> What does he do? He goes, oh, yeah, that was a little premature. Uh, I'm going to need, like, another two first-round picks off you. <laughs> so without even knowing it, you screwed me out of the one-on-one. <laughs> now, granted, everybody, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still pushing the one-on-one. I think with my team... Specifically, I need Najee Harris so I can sell one of. I have Kamara, Aaron Jones, and Jonathan Taylor. So when I want to sell Kamara High this year, while he still has some value left, I need a backfill position. Yeah. So I need no I'm I'm willing to sell the farm for Najee, but like, I don't have as much anymore, right? So I'm, I'm gonna right now. I'm giving him like Galladay, my 106, my 202, and Donald because he really needs a quarterback. It's just not and, enough. Well, where him and I are talking. It's a lot. So anyways, um, I, I have never told you this. I've been trying so hard to tell you about it for so long, but you absolutely screwed me. So yes, I'm trying to get in those first three picks, specifically the first pick, because dude, after the first three, or for you the first five, it's just, it's a flat second tier. It is. You know, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, regardless of how you feel about throwing the ball in, in, in Baltimore, it's just, oh man, like... There's not much to love about it. These landing
0: spots are so. More. Yeah, no, I, that noise is perfect. I, you know, for me, I, I. So I wrote an article with Fantasy Football Fair just outlining the importance of buying 2020 running backs because honestly, mm-hmm. these running backs are ass. Like they are gonna have maybe one top 12 year out of their career, maybe two, and that's one of these backs. Not all of them, one of them. They're gonna be there'll be great top 24 backs for sure. But they're not gonna be in the top 12. I just don't see that with this class. If it's anybody, it's gonna be ETN. Hmm. It, it could be Najee Harris. I just I don't see it in top 12. I think he'll be he'll be flirting with top 12. I don't think he's gonna get there. So what I'm doing is it what I would like to do is take the 102 and I would like to go and buy myself in a standard or PPR, I'm going to go buy myself an Antonio Gibson, a DeAndre Swift, a Cam Akers even, which is scary because there's a life in – there's a world that Cam Akers could be running back 26 or to be running back 3. Like both of those outcomes are extraordinarily realistic. Yeah, that's but fun. the point is, is in 2021 and 2022, those running backs you're going to be investing in – are unlikely to give you the return that twenty twenty running backs are right. Like in twenty twenty two, right? It's Brees Hall, and that that's the story, my man. That, that you you call like you call well, him in twenty nineteen, but like that's all there is. Yeah, that's my guy. After him, it's a bunch of committee backs, right? Well, there's there's one guy, there's
1: Isaiah Spiller, but your point stands,
0: right? Like, uh, even Isaiah Spiller has yet to retain an entire role in that offense. Like, he's still getting, like, a part-time role. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a projection, but uh, I, I digress. No, yeah, I mean, but the point is being is that if, like, I can't trade the 102 because I own Akers, I own Dobbins, I own Gibson. He owns, he owns JT. And the other guy owns Swift, and he's not trading me Swift. So, like, I <laughs> I can't <laughs> do it. I want to, but I literally can't. But if I could, I fucking would. Right, right. So that's a
1: good that's a that's a good idea, man. I mean,
0: it really is. I'm trading I'm trading a lot of these picks early if I can get myself some studs, as you should. And I know I said don't trade 102. but if you need a running back, you're trading that, and you can get yourself one of those twenty twenty running backs. That is when you do it. I think. It's going to be solid. So, basically, hmm, you know, get into the top tiers. If you can't get into the top, then you want to kind of drop into that pick 10 to like 15, you think? So, remember, like, I think, like, like,
1: you like pick 10 to 15. I like 15 to 20 because uh, I I want the one-off positions. I want the tight end. I want the quarterback. And I want to take them at where I think is like a fair value in a one QB league. But, yeah, man, I mean, if you can't get to the, the, cream, the, the creme de la creme, then, you know, fall back to wherever that, like, that fat little tier of, of good players is for you, where that value pocket is. And at all costs, try to get yourself a 2022 first or, like I like to do, a 2023 first because
0: in that, we're back to, to five stud running backs in the first round. Yeah, so. we're about to see... Eric's gonna drop an article shortly in Fantasy Football Affair about the Rule of Threes, and I strongly suggest you read it. And it's just a foreshadowing again for the twenty twenty three class because it's gonna be absolutely shelter. Fuckers. Absolutely. So Cody, we've talked about the twenty twenty one class. Mm hmm. We've talked about how we're gonna handle it in a single quarterback league. We yeah. have. I know we were going to talk about defending our rankings, and I know we're going to do a bunker buster. I just don't think there is time, unfortunately. You can do your bunker buster as your hot take because I think it's a good one. But I forgot what it was. <laughs> Sorry. Do you want to play a game? Always. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 2021 Rotor Ball Contest. Alright ladies and gentlemen, now we are going to introduce Cody into Rotor Ball. Which by now, if you have been able to kind of been along the ride through, you kind of know what I'm talking about. One day on the bus, I thought, what would happen if you took a DFS-type uh, tournament style and a best ball type, you smushed it together, and you made it a little beautiful gremlin baby? Well, that is Rocher ball. What we're doing here is we are only doing a rookie contest. So Cody has $22,000, a budget, to create or fill a lineup of eight slots, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, and five flex. Each player has their now in like forever price for the most part, and it's you have to fill the roster to keep, obviously stay under budget. Now, if Cody wants to change his lineup, he can. However, if any more budgets changes happen, he will have to update his entire lineup to fit that. The scoring is a PPR and a tight end premium, so it's really just kind of determining. So when you when you saw this, first of all. How bad did you want to beat me when you saw how beautiful my team is? <laughs> um, I think I was too focused
1: on the word rotorball as if I know what the hell that even means. <laughs> but, but it's uh, uh, And I'm going to be completely honest. I have looked at your team. So if you want a live relax- reaction, throw it up. But, <laughs> dude, I don't know a damn thing about how to like play DFS. I know what DFS is. I listen to podcasts to talk about it. But... Strategy-wise, I can't bet here in Washington. Wink, wink. But that's what VPNs are for, baby. We're fucking live, you idiot. But, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what... If you can't see me, obviously, that's what I'm winking for. But, um, yeah, so I listened to some of your episodes for hopping on here. And like, like what I do with my rookie process, they're going to do best. I try to get a whole lot of different opinions and then, you know, compare and contrast with what I think and compare to my own and then make my own up. So what I did is I think it was Angela you were talking to, great episode, by the way, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was like, okay, I want to get as many guys who I think are guaranteed to see volume in their first year as possible, which makes sense because in this, like, yeah, I could get Trey Sermon, but, like, what if Raheem Mostert takes over for, like, most of the year and Summer doesn't see the field much? Why would I want to pay $3,000 for that? So I didn't. Um, So anyways, yeah, so I I thought that Trevor Lawrence and Najee Harris – um, were the two guys that I had to have. You know, that's ten thousand dollars right there. That's almost half my budget. That's not very good. So I spent down. I spent. I went down a few tiers of receiver, and I think Elijah Moore. There's a good chance that Jameson Crowder gets cut going into the year. They save like eight million dollars by cutting him. So I love having him in the slot, especially in a PPR format. Um, and then I was able. And then um, I was able to fit in Travis Etienne as well, even though I'm not an Etienne fan. I think I don't know if it was coach beak or what but Urban Meyer saying he drafted a guy at pick 18 or 25 excuse me that he's going to be a third down back like fuck urban dude you're going to be a coach for maybe maybe 3 years so anyways for this like he's still going to catch the ball I think he's still going to be pretty good in an offense that should be seeing some increased efficiency so I fit him in there as well um and then the rest of the way I'm just taking I'm just taking pot shots at dudes that they have upside, so I I fit in Jared Dokes because if I remember right, it's best ball format. So like, he's gonna have a game where he scores like three touchdowns because I love Miles Gaskin, Go Dogs again. Yvonne Ahmed, same thing. They're not big, dude. And every short yardage last year was watching. It was like watching nails on a chalkboard. Like these dudes can't get two yards if you ask them to because they weigh a hundred and eighty pounds. <laughs> this guy's like over two fifty, or he's not that much, but he's huge, right? Two twenty, yeah. Okay, whatever. He's he's like he's a two fifty pound running back, so he's gonna be punched in the end zone. I Love that. Um, Amir Smith-Marset, you know, there's no one that kind of fits his body type play style on the Vikings right now. So there's a chance he walks in and they change their offense to kind of fit him in as wide receiver three, especially with Thielen and Jefferson on the outside. He might get open a little bit. So for 800 bucks, slam it. Um, and then Kenny Gainwell, I think he was actually a good guy to have that was a lot more expensive before the draft happened. Um, so I, I picked up Gainwell for, what, $1,750? Yeah, so $1,750 got Gainwell. He's going to see the field. You don't take him to not see the field. And I don't think Miles Sanders is supposed to be a bell cow guy anyway. So love that for good value. And then I ran it out with, like, Brevin Jordan. Um, wasn't a huge fan of his going in. And he went late. He went in, like, the fifth or sixth round, I think, to the Texans. Yeah, yeah. But he went to the Texans. There's We talked about it earlier, but there's no one and no one's mother are playing football there. So in a tight end premium league, He's as good as bet. He's a good, he's a good a bet as anybody to like. Maybe he pops off, pops off, and he's like a ten percent market share. And for a five hundred dollar player in this format, sign me up. So that's so yeah. So to, top to bottom, I got Trevor Lawrence, got Najee Harris, I got Elijah Moore in the, in the wide receiver role, and then I went Travis Etienne, Jared Dokes, Kenneth Gainwell, Amir Smith, Marset, and Brevin Jordan to round it out.
0: It's a really good lineup. It's a very very good lineup. Something that's going to be looked on probably very kindly at the end of the year you know uh definitely something that we are going to look into so we're gonna wrap it up um i know you don't produce content i know you have your twitter on public po- or private because <laughs> i i still don't know why so whatever whenever you see me on twitter talking to myself it's with this kid and it makes me look absolutely banana lands but it's okay never change or do it's wow? Up to you. you know, I think it just clicked to me, but like maybe that's why no one ever
1: responds to me. Yeah, I, I like I, responding some pretty inte- like pretty like intelligent things. I like to think to some like quality people I like in the, in the industry They are intelligent, and they never even do anything. Maybe no. it's because it's on
0: private. It is on private. And uh, That's why. So you can't read to you can't really see unless you're following you. Well, I, dude, my employers <laughs> check this crap, man. So it's like, on I, Twitter, man. You're not in college anymore. You're an adult. Just like the FBI is not tracking you because you're not special, the employers aren't going to go and look after your shit because you're not dumb. But, anyways, no more rants. I'm getting close to the end. Buddy, thank you. Always a blast. Definitely going to happen again. This was phenomenal. I hope I opened you to the world of how fun podcasting can be. Ladies and gentlemen, you can know where you can find me. It's on Twitter at VFFSandman. It's on Clubhouse, same handle. If you want if you're interested in my Debbie writings, you're gonna find it at BreakoutFinder.com. If you're interested in my dynasty or redraft writings, you're gonna find it at ffaffair.com. If you're interested in the video breakdowns of specific Debbie players and position breakings with Brandon Lejeune and Corey P, you can find that on YouTube at Debbie Deep Dive. Before we go though. I want to give you a chance to talk about your bunker buster, your hot take, and then kind of let the good people know where they can find you if you finally take your Twitter off private. <laughs> I guess maybe the first thing, my my first piece of
1: homework I'm doing when I get home is finding out how to even do that because I can't do it on my phone, I guess. But um, yeah, okay, you can, when my thing's off private, you can find me at like... Colonel Sander 5, because a 5 looks like an S, right? Colonel it's Sanders, Sanders. It's Colonel Sanders, but it's like the S is a 5. So um, it's a picture of me and my cat at 6 o'clock in the morning when the asshole wakes me up. So you really can't miss me. But yeah, where you find me, I you know, I like to chip in a little bit doing stupid things to smart people's Twitters all the time. So you want to laugh, talk to me. But what we're really here for, um, hot takey-wise, man, there's, there's a dude who was so hyped up. Coming into this process before we started testing and, and before we really dove deep into this process, and it, he's what? He's 5'7". He weighs 180 pounds. Somehow he puts up 600 pounds on his shoulders when he does a damn squat. This dude is absolutely insane. He has all the potential in the world. He was an 18-year-old that just broke through the records of everybody. Well, he hadn't played much since then, and say what you will about it. He's also going to a gimmick of a head coach in Arizona. I think that Rondell Moore and the high expectations that will be surrounding him every year is going to be a poor man's version of DJ Moore.